0: Hi,
1: I'm Juan Roberts. I'm
0: just Fishlock. This is Owen singer Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams.
1: This is Tash Harden. And this
2: you are awesome. listening on kind all of the three
0: So here we are, as promised yesterday, here is the Rihanna Roberts interview. Uh, we talked to her about her career. Uh, as a club footballer we talked about how she got picked up uh, to play for England under 23s and then on to playing for Wales we talk about the last campaign we talk about the upcoming campaign we talk about everything to do with Wales women's football and this is a great interview she was an absolute delight to talk to and we are very very grateful for her giving us some time Um, so we hope you enjoy the interview thanks for listening here is the interview with Rhiannon Roberts Welcome back to the Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Uh, I'm still here with Ruth, but we are very, very grateful to be joined by uh, Liverpool ladies player Rhiannon Roberts. Thank you for joining us, Rhiannon. It's
1: a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me
0: on. No, thank you. Um, We are going to talk uh, a bit with Rhiannon today about the upcoming Wales games uh, against the Faroe Islands and Northern Ireland, and also a little bit uh, through your career as well, Rhiannon. Um, Have you just joined up with a camp today?
1: No, um, I join up with the camp tomorrow.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Are you excited yeah. about that, or is that a silly question? Uh,
1: honestly, <laughs> I I can't contain my excitement. <laughs> <I think laughs> well, that's good to know. I've I've had my case packed for a few weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to, just as a general kind of start off, how did you get into football, and and how did you kind of get picked up by someone and and go on with a club?
1: Well. Basically I've got an older brother and it's probably the same story with quite a lot of the girls. Um I lived on a street that was just full of boys. Um and I just started joining in with them really on the street and it toughened me up really. It's probably the player that I am today. Pretty tough like a tackle, like a header, but um but yeah, I I just grew up with my brother and his friends and I just enjoyed it and just carried it on really through school. Um and then I got picked up by, by Burnley. Um, and uh, I went through their age groups and at Blackburn Rovers and yeah and then it
0: just just went from there really. It's funny you should say that because Jess said that she started playing because her started off with her brother and then her sister I think it was wanted to go to like try football and got bored with after 10 seconds and Jess was (laughs) instantly hooked so it's it's just true the amount of people who said stuff like that about how they got into
1: it.
0: Yeah yeah it's so true yeah. Um, So you are you where are you actually from originally?
1: So, I was born in Chester Hospital. I was meant to be born in Wrexham, but after complications, we went over to Chester. Right. And then I think I only lived in Wales for about a couple of months, and then my dad got a job working for the council in Blackburn, so we all moved. Um, So, that's why I've got a Lancashire, broad Lancashire accent, (laughs) (laughs) rather than a nice... Chester or Welsh accent, to be honest.
0: <laughs> no, I thought I recognised the accent. My I mum's mean, from uh, near, near Rochdale, so uh, I'm oh, yeah. always That's keen the to spot the own. accent.
1: Yeah, um, terrible. I am think of change
0: it. <laughs> not at all. Um, you obviously then were picked up by Blackburn, as you've said, uh, and then on to Doncaster and, and Liverpool. Um, what's it like being playing for Liverpool and, and obviously the experience of coming on the US summer tour this year?
1: Um, oh yeah it's an unbelievable club to play for Liverpool FC um, it's 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 just a huge club to be a part of and everything that they do they do right and it's a full time set up and it's completely different to when I was at Doncaster it's a different kettle of fish really um, and you know we, we're ready for the season and hopefully we'll be challenging um, at the top somewhere um, the, the US tour was incredible <laughs> um, it was such a great um, just, just a great tour in general. It was good for us as preparations to build upon this this coming season. Um, it was good to be a part of the men, um, and the club's commitment really with two teams becoming uh, with two teams, but one club kind of the eth- ethos. So, um, yeah, it was great. And um, we got two friendlies in there against um, Cleveland Ambassadors and New York Athletic in Boston. And um, so we got two good friendlies in and good prep for. When we got back, obviously pre-seasons, it was quite early on. Um, saying that we actually don't start until September, um, but it's good for us. We were going into qualifiers because we were up and running, and our fitness is up, and we're looking sharp. So, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it.
2: Having having moved clubs, Rihanna, what for you, sort of personally as a player, what has been the, the key difference with becoming involved with an organisation of of liverpool's
1: level um there's just there's a huge difference there's a professionalism there and where you you get treated even the finer things down to having having your own kit and provided enough kit for the week and and being fed and everything's done properly we you know we're athletes we should be eating right we should be training right training on grass as well is just such a huge difference and pick up less injuries and you know, when you're getting on a little bit and your joints aren't, aren't as as good as they used to be and playing on 3G throughout, like, your basically youth career, um, it's just completely different. And we use all the training facilities of Tramia Rovers Men. Um, mm-hmm. We have the gym there. Everything's on site. It's all on the little, its own little campus. Um, and, yeah, it's just the professionalism, really, that's completely different. Um, they've got obviously got a little bit more money than other teams that I've played for, um, so that obviously makes a huge difference. But mm-hmm. being a part of a club that big is—it's an honor really to step on the pitch. Or so,
0: it looked the the US tour in particular looked great. Some of the pictures I saw, and obviously like I know we were sending a couple of messages back and forth as that was happening, and being able yeah. to go to Fenway Park and place a like that to to play football yeah. and watch football looked amazing.
1: Yeah, it was incredible. And, and following the men as well, going to like their open training sessions and going to the games over there and the support from the American um, fan base there for Liverpool is just incredible. And, you know, we had a big red bus with Liverpool women on the side of it, and we just got so much recognition from other people. And, yeah, it was just, it was incredible. It was great. And following the profile of the Women's um, World Cup as well in France, um, it just, you know, it helps raise the profile even further. Is that your first experience of...
2: Um, what we call soccer over here in in terms of how the women's game is viewed over here, Rhiannon? It is,
1: yeah. Um, It is, and it was a massive shock, to be honest. Um, Yeah, it was, like I said, it was incredible every time you got off the bus, those people singing and taking pictures. And yeah, it was just a completely different atmosphere.
2: Well, the the women's team over here are superstars in in relative terms. It's an amazing difference from what unfortunately is the case in, in Europe most of the time.
1: Yeah. And they're all still on a high from the buzz of the World Cup victory as well so <laughs> we went at the right time. <laughs> um
0: sticking with Liverpool you you must be obviously excited about the new season uh, getting getting ready to go and obviously I saw your first two games are against Reading and Spurs so you'll get to play against Tash and Charlie Escort and a few others um and then go and play uh, Meg and Win as well so that must be something that's uh, a good bit of banter that's going around the place at the minute. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's always um, we've got a couple of players that we um, over the off season from Reading, and obviously I know quite a few of the girls at Reading, or has and um and some of the other girls. Um, so yeah, it's always it's always good to know who you're coming up against. And yeah, like you said, it's a it's good bit of banter beforehand before the game, and then it gets serious.
0: I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, just as we're starting to talk about was the international football there a bit. Um yeah, I saw you represented England at under twenty-three level. Was was that something that was on your radar or was it kind of was Wales always your preferred choice, but because of where you were living and everything, that that just kind of came around that way?
1: Um, I'll be honest with you. Um when I was at Blackburn Rovers, there were one of the younger players in the reserves team and she picked up her first international cap for Wales. And I was a bit gutted, really, because I was playing first-team football in the league at 17-18 for Blackburn Rovers. And I thought, I, I was questioning why I wasn't getting picked up by Wales when there was someone in the development team at Blackburn being picked up and playing. Yeah. So that, that got me a little bit. But my brother kept saying to me, you need to put your name forward. And I said, no, Tommy, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. People come and, you know, scout. Um and then I got picked up when I was eighteen to represent England at 23's level um, at a tournament in Warwick um, with Brent Hills, and I, I didn't I didn't necessarily enjoy it because it was something that I wasn't really um, I didn't really know much about. I'd only just come up. I'd played Sunday League until this time. Oh wow! So it was like I'd gone from playing Sunday League to going in the first team at Rovers at Premier League level, top flight level. And then all of a sudden I've been picked for an England setup that and I was kinda of bit thrown away by it. I wasn't really sure what was going on because I didn't know anybody. I didn't follow women's football. I just played played Sunday League, just enjoying my football. And then all of a sudden I'm in a team with like Steph Houghton and <laughs> and all this. And I Tash Dowie was there. Was, I couldn't name a whole pretty much the majority of the England team there. Yeah. Um But I didn't enjoy it because it was a completely different atmosphere of what I was used to, a different culture. I didn't know anybody. They all knew each other. Um, And I always wanted to represent Wales. And it got to a case where, in the end, I was on a coach and it was Glenn Harris said to me something about regrets. And I said, one of my massive regrets is not putting my name forward for Wales. And then um, before I knew it, I got a phone call from somebody from the FAW. Oh, really? And I thought it was too late. I thought it's too little, too late, and I, it was one of my biggest regrets not putting my name forward. But I didn't think it worked like that. I thought you just got called up for things because that's what England did. Yeah. And um, and thankfully, thankfully, I, I went down and I, mm. I absolutely love it. It's a completely different um, environment and, uh, and atmosphere. Um, and from this experience,s I kind of just think, well, I want to, I want to help this like not happen to other girls and the whole huddle thing that they've got going on at the minute they've got the bee campaign that you probably know about yeah um and they're they're obviously doing a lot to support different centers across north uh, across wales in general and including north wales you get to see this talent now and i don't think that was available when i was growing up um so like i'm one of the ambassadors ambassadors for two of the football clubs which is great and That's I can go, go down and, and watch their sessions and kind of being a bit of a role model to them but like the opportunities and stuff that are out there for them now and that we, we can kind of like promote and help is great because it just gives something back and it gives something that like I personally didn't really get the opportunity to do it earlier um, so yeah I missed out on that but I'm just so pleased that in the end I I did <laughs>
0: Absolutely, I think a lot of people have said again have said that to us about it's so important making sure that you create opportunities for other people now because, yeah, you know people like yourself and Tasha have said the same that, that you you know you guys didn't have that when you were when you were growing up so it is important I think it's a great the huddle thing I think is a great uh, is a great idea and a great uh, great project.
1: Yeah, it's wicked. There's tw- there's 23 centres across Wales and it's for girls aged five to twelve, so it's quite young as well, which is really good.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's an important time to get to get girls into football that age. Um, yeah. So, like you say, you're not just kind of it's not a con- uh, the, the out of context. Not, you're not play, trying to play with boys or whatever all the time. You, you know, there's something dedicated and set up for for girls yeah, of absolutely. that age, which is really important. Yeah
1: it's, a, yeah, it's more of a fun introduction to playing football as well, which is great.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, You talked about obviously, you you know, you ended up starting for Wales, playing for Wales. It was a little bit later in in your career, relatively speaking, because, you know, like you said, you started playing first team football quite young. Um, 2015, I think, um, is when you made your debut. For the sake of asking a stupid question, how, you know, what was it like for you making your your Wales debut and and kind of what did it mean to you? Honestly, it
1: was absolutely incredible. I was so nervous i can't even explain i've got my shirt um hung up on the wall um like it it's just such a proud moment for me and and all my family my mum and everyone has traveled the whole length of the country about a million times over for <laughs> lots of, of different games travel, traveling around and then them to see me on the pitch representing my country there's just there's Absolutely no feeling like it. It gives me goosebumps now just thinking about
0: no. going. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm jealous.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted
2: to ask uh, you about transitioning into the international team, Rihanna. What What is yeah. the process that helps someone who's who's new to the setup? I mean, there's been a lot of talk recently. Obviously. Um, about Carrie Jones and how young she is and coming into the team. What will be done to help her or help other uh, new caps integrate into the unit? Because obviously you're a very tight group. It's it's clear yeah. there's a lot of love and affection between you as teammates. So what do you do to make make the new girls feel welcome?
1: Um you no, know, it's actually a really good environment to just step into and walk into. I, I found that I'm quite a quiet person, and there was just no pressure, and you can speak freely um, with with anybody. And Jane is really good with the youth players, and she gives youth players good opportunities. Um, and all the girls kind of take all the youth players under the wing, and. I know it sounds cliche, but we are kind of one one big happy family, and it's not really a case of segregating the youngsters with the seniors, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's you know you're there for a purpose, and you've been chosen to represent your country in that particular squad, and and that's that's all it is really. you have not you're not segregated. You're not two different teams. You're you just one. You're there for a reason. So. Um, it's not really been an issue Um, and the kids the kids are great because they've been through the systems a lot of them and they know how it works and it's kind of been implemented into everything that they've done on camps already so they sometimes I think they know more than me anyway (laughs) (laughs) well actually Um,
2: because of the multiple roles that Jane has you know yeah. that some of those younger age groups may have actually seen her more recently yeah. than you more senior players may have done for example
1: exactly. yeah no you you're spot on and they have a lot more contact time together <laughs> and and with the the Welsh staff and stuff so yeah they, they feel it's a comfortable environment to step into, and I'm pretty sure that they feel that way yeah
0: um t- taking a slight uh, step back uh because obviously we want to do what to talk about the the games that are coming up but um, what was it like for you being part of that last campaign? And I, obviously, I know Wales got so close, um, but there was you know there's so many kind of aspects of that campaign which, have, as I think, and like me, Ruth and I have talked about on previous podcasts, have kind of have changed women's football in Wales forever. Like that, like the nil-nil game against England is a perfect example. That kind of shot women's football in Wales into the public eye a lot, lot more and that. Yeah that wave has kind of continued a little bit. What, Like I say, what was that What was that whole experience like for you?
1: Well, the, the whole journey was incredible. It was just kind of taking, not looking too far ahead and taking one game at a time. And I think the turning point was when we got that point against Russia away. And actually, we should have had a penalty. I'm not bitter or anything, but we should have had a penalty. Kayleigh <laughs> Green got absolutely wiped out by the keeper and yeah. should have been three points. But um, yeah, I think that... As a whole, as a as a whole group of players, because we we are so together and we all want the same thing. Um we kind of just take one one game at a time and um yeah, just it's just literally focused on one game at a time. It was an incredible journey to be part of. And when you, you play a game and you get three points, you're like, Oh, the journey's still alive. You play the next game, and you get three points, the journey's still alive. And it got to that last game, and we were like one game, we've got one we're one game away, and it was just an incredible position to be in because we didn't think in hindsight or on paper you don't think you're gonna you're gonna really be in that position. But yeah, um, it was just an incredible journey, and we worked so hard on and off the pitch, and we knew exactly what Jane wanted from us, yeah. and as a group of players, we we did exactly what was asked, um, yeah. and we were all on the same page. Like I said, we all wanted the same thing, so um, yeah, it was. It was an incredible journey to be a part of and, and that's why everybody's absolutely
0: ready to go again. Yeah, I can, I can believe that. Um, yeah. the, the game against England, the first one, the game in Southampton, um, that was obviously an unbelievable spectacle and game of football in general. I'm sure Phil Neville wouldn't agree, but um, in general, we, we enjoyed it. Um, we, we commented after that game that there were a few people who just, obviously, had just standout games and I know everyone talked about... Um, Laura Sullivan in goal but you were one of the people who we talked about after the game who just had an unbelievable performance and you looked like at the end of the game like you'd absolutely given your your kind of heart and soul into the performance do you think that was one of the best you've you've ever played for Wales
1: um I don't know sometimes it's so hard to like critique your own performance because you you find so many faults in your own performances um I just I think everyone ran on adrenaline um, that game. Um, we knew what we needed to do, and again, we knew we knew that if we didn't let any goals in there, then we'd keep the dream alive and keep the journey alive. And credit to Laura Sullivan, she was absolutely fantastic in goal. And I just think every single player on the pitch did their job, and we all do our jobs right. Then you know they're the kind of results that we will will get against these big teams, and we're not afraid to come up against anybody now. Um, we feel like we're always in a game um, against anybody, and we just basically don't write us off.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
2: I wondered whether, obviously, how how that campaign finished was was disappointing, but looking at the campaign as a whole, as as Dave said, clearly it it kind of made a statement about where um, about where the Wales women's team has reached. Um, what part do you feel the wider community and, and the growth of interest from fans and, and the country and the, the size of the crowds and having Rodney Parade as a home and that's, you know, the, the stuff off the pitch, how is that
1: impacting you as players? Um, it's just knowing that we've got that support and that red wall behind us. And when when the red wall was there against England at Southampton, that it was incredible. And when we... Started selling out at Rodney Parade, and I love that yeah. ground. I actually really love that ground. There's something about it. It's everyone's so close to the pitch, and it just the atmosphere is incredible. And you can actually feel it on the pitch. Sometimes you think that it just gets blocked out, but when um, when everyone's shouting and you know um, chanting, um, it's really good. Like you just inspires you want to do to do better, I guess i got to say, I'm the, a... me, the, the media team, the media team, the FAW have been incredible with all the promotional materials that they've been doing, and and again with the new B campaign, um the the, the work that's going on behind the scenes as well has, has been incredible, and and is continuing throughout this next campaign too.
0: That video um, that I think came out bef- just before the England game. Um, after the Russia home game, even now, watch like cause it pops up every now and again. Um, kind of gives me goosebumps every time I watch that. And uh, like you say, those they, they did an absolutely fantastic job, and I think that really kind of captured yeah. people's yeah. hearts a little bit, as well as just looking at it in a in a footballing sense, which was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and and they, that's that's the thing. That's what they're doing. They yep. showing what we're like as a group, as well as what we can do on the pitch. It's not always about the goals and. It's not always showing big slide tackles like going, and it's what, it's watching all the it's girls good. hugging, having a coach. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's all those little things, and that's what Texas want to do really well on the pitch. And when we see videos like that back... So honestly, that's been put in our group chat about three times because everyone just goes, oh, no, it just gives yeah. me goosebumps.
0: Yeah, I can, I can <laughs> believe it. I, mean, I think it helps as well. Like, we, as fans feel like and obviously we've you know we've never met any of you on the whole that we kind of know you a little bit in some way because like you say it shows more than just the the, the blockbuster yeah. moments you know
1: yeah yeah it really brings out everybody's characters and it, it, it does show that we are really together as a group and and we are pretty much a family <laughs> little welsh family we are
0: yeah you can, and you can you can really see that as well it's it yeah. like you say it shows who you are rather than just the rather than just the football side of things which i think has made a, a big big difference yeah. to people
1: I think it has as well. I
0: agree. To start to look forward, um, obviously two massive, massive games coming up now against the Faroe Islands and Northern Ireland. Um given who the opposition are, I suppose, in the in the first in the first two games, is six points kind of a minimum expectation from those two games? Is everyone kind of is that the just what we're after at this point now?
1: I would Honestly say yeah, it's certain expectation. Obviously we're confident going into this new campaign following yeah. the success of the last one. Um but we however we've kind of like we've not got to underestimate any team that we've come up against. Um we found it difficult to break Kazakhstan Stand down both um one nil victories last time.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and it's gonna be it's gonna be the same again. You know, teams might lock up against us and we just gotta figure it out. Ways round and, and how we're going to break them down. Um what I wouldn't underestimate any team that we come up against. But we are quite confident that we, we you know, what we should be getting six points.
0: I think. I, I think part of it as well is that because the last campaign went so well, it's probably raised other people's expectations of what Wales will be like. And it's you know perhaps in the in the past they would have thought we might have been a bit of a soft touch or something. But whereas now I think people have, have really kind of respect Welsh football a lot more, and I think. That that will obviously, like you say, the Kazakhstan is a perfect example where they just sat back and um, yeah. and waited, basically yeah. for for a chance on the break and just tried to yeah. do what we did against England and just not concede a goal. Um, yeah. I suppose that's a, a testament really to how well how well things have come on and how how much uh, improvement there's been in Welsh football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the majority of the players that are playing for Wales are full time, part time. Yeah. Um, so it just shows the growth in in football in general, women's football in general, and and obviously the youth with the youth set up, We've got younger kids coming through; um, they're competing for our spots, and it's great to see. And like like I said, it's full time, so we're able to train every day now, and and we should be competing against each other. Two.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing for the two games.
1: I am. <laughs> I yeah.
0: Before we started recording, Rhiannon did say that her bag has been packed, her suitcase has been packed for about two weeks in preparation for this. So uh, I can confirm that that is genuine excitement.
1: Uh, I I just have to admit to that,
0: Donna.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about um, the pharaohs a little bit in the sense that I I suspect a team. Not wanting to be dismissive, but one would imagine that looking to add some some goal difference help through through games with them, particularly at home um, but obviously scoring goals has, has perhaps not been our forte recently. Um, how important do you think the goal against new New Zealand was for for kind of changing that momentum, but also um, slightly more attacking uh, approach that we've seen in the in the last couple of couple of games and how that's being implemented,
1: Rhiannon. Well, um, obviously um, we needed to set our foundations in the last campaign and um, our defence set um, mm. setup was extremely good and we didn't concede any goals. Um, and we know we've had quite a long time now after that to to work on our attacking side yeah. and and what the manager wants of from us going forward, um, so we've had quite a few camps since then to work on it. And you know, the goal against New Zealand was great, but actually, we did um, we did create other chances as well. Mm. It's just it's just yeah. now get just them last little bits of, of finishing finishing mm. the chances off. And you know, playing against the Faroe Islands is going to be great for us because it gives us that chance and the fluidity to go forwards and. Mm. And kind of express ourselves a little bit against this kind of team, which will be it'll be good for us, and it'll be um, it'll
0: be good going into the game after that as well against Northern Ireland. Do you think that our kind of formation, like I know Jane has tried to make us a bit more kind of expansive um, after the way we played in the last campaign? Is that do we do you think we're really going to kind of see that more expansive style against uh, against the Faroe Islands? Because like you said, against New Zealand, there were. You know, we created a lot of chances in that game, um, particularly the first half, and uh, in the against the Czech Republic as well. Um, so, do you think that is this is going to be hopefully the the coming of age, if you like, of that kind of more expansive style?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I think because we we've worked so hard on our defensive setup that sometimes we are overly cautious as, as players, individual players, yeah. of you know getting back into shape. And sometimes I think we just need to kind of go with it. And you know, we've got. We've got such a, a wall behind that you're all right. You can go forward a little bit more. And this is me talking personally as a player. Um, but um, we've worked so much on the attacking side now and our patterns and, and everything um, going forward. So I'm just looking forward to it all coming together, really.
0: Absolutely. Actually.
1: That actually brings me to a, a
2: couple of things I wanted to ask you about, Rihanna. Because obviously you you play sort of defensive right for us, and but I was reading that with with the Liverpool games recently, you've been playing more in in midfield. Um, which which do you prefer, and how does one
1: role help the other? Um, so I've played my whole career at centre half, mm-hmm. um, and then I've always well I played at centre half and at right back and wing back for Wales, mm-hmm. and then at, towards the end of the season at Doncaster and at Liverpool I've played four or higher up if needed at yeah. eight um, but it, at first it was a little bit of a shock when I was playing back in midfield again because you know, I had been in quite a while but um, you kind of learn other roles better by being there and it's the same with being at right back at, when I was being a centre-half the whole time like as a, as a centre-half you know where you want your right back so if you're at right back you kind of know where you've got to be and I've had a few years there now, so I've kind of grown into it and relished it a little bit. It's something different when I go on camp, and I, I look forward to it really. Some a, a different kind of role, and it's good to learn other people's roles because then you know exactly what you want to tell them on the pitch because you know you know a little bit about it. Um, so I I enjoy it. I enjoy playing all over the pitch. I know the versatile tag isn't great sometimes, <laughs> but. Um, the, the good thing about me playing at, at full-back for Wales is I can do both jobs. I can get up a little bit higher as well, mm-hmm. um, which is nice, so I can I kinda add that into my, my game. Um, and, and that's helping me from playing higher up at Liverpool. Um, it's kind of helped me when I go off to camp. Cause otherwise, I'd be really defensive, but because I've been playing a bit higher up at Liverpool, um, it just works on my, my attacking side of play, really. Yeah.
2: And in the New Zealand game, um, Sophie Ingle had a slightly sort of freer role um, than certainly she did in the, in the qualifying games from the previous campaign. Um, You know, pushing up almost as an extra midfielder sometimes and dropping down as a, as a defender. Others um, seems a really, really hard role and a, and a, difficult thing to do well clearly she did it well but a difficult thing to do well what are the challenges of of playing that particular system Rhiannon?
1: um i mean you have particular players to play in the particular system for me mm-hmm. um you use your players to use strengths um whatever formation or whatever style of play you want to play and um you could put sophie ingle anywhere in that team and she'd do an absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. job I, I couldn't rate off anymore. Um she's just an incredible player. And she's got the brains and the know how. She's I think to play a role like that then you've got to have a football brain and you know mm. she's got exactly that. Um, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's gonna be as challenging as um some people might think for somebody who's who's that good. Um so I I think she'll relish the role that she's given um, for Wales and mm. she'll do a I mean good job at it a bit, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. It'd be good to get her on the ball as much as possible. But I suppose her
2: her having that role also means if you want to push up, for example, and and, and drop into midfield, then you know that you're gonna have a lot of defensive cover still. So it must enable you to um, to approach things with a bit more freedom as well.
1: Yeah. Um like we've been working quite a lot on on how we're gonna play and you know the attacking side of things now to create more goal-scoring opportunities, and the um, widthy of the team and is the is the most important thing. Um, now we've had quite a lot of contact time with each other. Um, we we kind of on the same page a little bit more. So yeah, it's it's good because we, we know if someone's gone, you have got to cover, and we've got the balance right. So yeah, good.
0: Um, talking about the attacking side there, and kind of you know the change of plan sort of thing. Um, does does Jess not being there alter things massively and I i mean, like we all know that she's going to be a big loss that she's not playing these these first few games but uh, does that change the whole kind of attacking approach or is someone else just kind of kind of slot into her role
1: yeah it's a big it, it's really good in and it's going to be a big loss Jess not being there um obviously she bring so much to the team and and her performances are outstanding and it's going to be a big loss but the way the way GM works it is there's always somebody to step into somebody's position um and we we work around individuals and we work around the set up and I, I i can't see it being a problem going forward um there's there's lots of players that have learned the exact role that, that can step in so yeah
0: well, that's good. Good to know. Do you think, um, looking at the Pharaohs' game, has, has Jane kind of highlighted anything with you um, about them in advance in regards to their strengths or weaknesses or anything like? I saw they haven't won a competitive game since 2017, so um, you know that's obviously a, a, a bonus for us, if you like, a confidence booster for us. But uh, uh, what has Jane highlighted, or are you aware of, as being their strengths particularly? Yeah, we we always
1: um, kind of have a, a meet or we we have things to look over. Four camps just to get us in the right frame of mind and get us out of club duty to international duty, really. Um, and I, I think we've just got to kind of go on camp and and see what um what she, what she wants from us and and how we're going to set up and what the game plan is. Um, and basically just do our jobs and and see the game out.
0: When when do you find out what the like I'm sure you probably know what the formation is already, but when do you find out who's going to be starting the games, and or do you kind of get inklings of things in the in the camp in the build up to it?
1: Um, Jane does it differently in different camps. Um, it's usually the the day before the game, and um, exactly like it is at club level. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's usually the day before the game, and then obviously we always have backups in case there's any goals or anything like that. Yeah.
2: Moving on to the Northern Ireland game, that's obviously going to be a, a very different challenge um, with a team of players that you know, um, you're familiar with. Um, I think both, both teams perhaps are, you know, very defensively organized. Um, what do you see as being the challenge
1: in, in that game, Rhiannon? Um, I think Northern Ireland will put up a fight. I think we've not to underestimate them. Um, I think that we've, we've just we've again we've got a job to do, and again it will be working on our attacking side and how to break teams down. Sometimes teams players at our own game, and um, and it's just a case of us um, moving them around, moving them around and trying to break them down, trying to find ways through all the round. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll be working on all that in training in the next
0: next couple of weeks. Has all the focus so far been on the, or will all the focus be on the the first game and and, and until that one's out the way, or is there kind of an eye on both games as you're going through the camp?
1: Oh, well, we we always take one one game at a time,
0: and so that no one will really talk about the Northern Ireland game until until the Pharaohs is done.
1: Unless there's cross-links with certain things that we're working on in training. Right. Um, we kind of want to focus just every game as it comes, really.
0: Um, looking beyond these two, which is going exactly against what you just said, um, <laughs> does I know obviously the Norway game uh, is going to be kind of the, the toughest two games of the group. Um, do you think it's a bonus that you're not playing them until I think it's the sixth? game for, for us do you think that is a, that is a help and we can kind of accumulate as many points on the board as we can or was that kind of not part of the thinking it's just kind of fallen like that
1: i think the, whoever does our fixtures is extremely clever <laughs> <laughs> because the last campaign it was really good because it was kind of like a progression for us um to take that and i don't want to say like rankings and stuff like that but you know we we did start with the lower ranked teams and we, it it helped us build us as a team and as a group and build our confidence as well and get some points mm. on the board and it's a sim it's a similar way, way this time how it's been done and uh, it's grand <laughs> i don't know who's done it but it's grand i think I, i'm not sure how it goes about with the whole um the fixtures for the euros but yeah we've done well <laughs> yeah
0: is that is that Norway game? Considering, I mean, they obviously did well at the World Cup. Is that a game that kind of excites you or intimidates you or a little bit of both?
1: No, it definitely doesn't intimidate anybody. Um, it excites us a lot. Um, yeah, like I said, we, we we played them. We played them before, and these these kind of teams we want to be competing against. These are the kind mm-hmm. of ranked teams that we you know we want to be able to get points against. So, we're very very excited and we've got a little bit of time as well like you said before that so that's always good that's always a
0: positive thing i know no one will be able to see this but when you said that you're not intimidated at all and just excited and ready to get going me and ruth just both had a big grin on our faces at exactly the same time as you did that <laughs> uh, which says a lot i think <laughs> uh, <No Ruth>. intimidation. <laughs> exactly
2: no, um i mean norway would probably i mean they would be favorites for the group um with us and Belarus, I would imagine, kind of closely behind them. What do you know about Belarus and their, their play? They, they haven't lost a game in a while. They're obviously combative,
1: Rhiannon. Yeah. I don't really know much about Belarus, to be honest. Um, I've actually not played against them before while I've been um, as part of the world set up. Um, so I don't really know much about them. And, and to be honest... I'm only bothered about the two games that we've mm-hmm. that's coming up. So, it, like I said before, take each game as it comes, and, and when we get round to that one, we'll we'll analyse that and analyse how they play and what we can do to get past them. In
0: in total, for you, what does a a successful campaign look like for for this team?
1: Um, a successful campaign for me is um, qualifying. That would be a successful campaign, and and if not qualifying, then coming very very close and building as a team and as a squad for the next for the next one. Um, but I I really do believe that it's our time this time, and um, it excites me.
0: Yeah, you and me both.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think um, this it being in England as well in twenty twenty. I feel like it would be so great for for us to get there because yeah. I also think that there's a lot of people who would travel for those yeah. games and, and go to those games and I think you know don't get me wrong it would have been great to have gone to France uh this summer I don't think my wife would have been too pleased um with the, <laughs> with the cost of flights to America and back but um I you know I think I think it'd be great if it you know if we do get to the one in England you know I think it'd be great if we get to one anywhere um but to get to a tournament yeah. where I think a lot of people can travel and support the team I think it'd be uh it would be a massive coup for us I think
1: absolutely it's made for this isn't it Absolutely, I agree, I agree. (laughs) Absolutely is. And the support, honestly, the support has been incredible. And I just hope they just keep coming down like they did to Rodney Parade in that last game. When you you pull up on a coach and you see that amount of people coming to watch your game that you're involved in, it's just an incredible, proud feeling. And I know my mum stepped out of the car and I just saw everyone, I just kind of got a little bit tearful i was like right right." you need to hold that back (laughs) (laughs) but it it is just incredible to like pull up and these people are here to watch you um and i just hope that we get that amount of support and i'm willing people to come down and give us that support again um in this campaign because it did hugely helped us through the last one so i'm sure it can do again this time
0: oh absolutely and i think you know, uh, people coming down, if you haven't got your tickets yet, please do go and get your tickets for the for the Northern Ireland game. Um, I think, you know, like you you talked about Ronnie Parade and the atmosphere there, like I've been plenty of times and it is, you know, when you get people crammed in a tiny ground like that, it's, you know, it gets, you you feel a lot more part of everything and, um, and I think, like I said before, there's a lot of people who are getting on the, you know, on the bandwagon of this and, and starting going to Welsh football more and I said to Ruth on one of our last podcasts, a friend of mine um, has watched kind of women's football on and off um, over the years, but has just had a daughter and he's decided that like, this is going to be their thing. So he's taking her to her first match as the, is the Northern Ireland game, um, which is, which is, which is awesome really. So like, it just goes to show the impact that you, you're all um, are having on, on the Welsh football public.
1: Yeah. And even when you hear like one or two stories like that, it just makes you feel proud and it keeps you going and, you know what you're doing is good and what you're doing is you know helping other young girls get involved in football and like you're seeing role models to other young girls and it is it is incredible and it is like really proud to kind of help anybody that wants to come and join and, and play football for Wales really.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah I, th- I think that's such a big message Rhiannon that the, the difference that I think you and the rest of the team are making, I hope you as players appreciate how much we appreciate as fans watching the, the love of the game that, that you bring to the pitch and that you share. And just to see you girls enjoying yourselves to the level that you do just is such a great message to share with younger female and male soccer players for that matter, football players who you know, you don't have to be doing more than enjoying yourself on a Sunday afternoon, as you were saying, but to be able to aspire to more and to see a route to more is just so wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and the FAW is doing such an incredible job and the, the Huddle um campaign and project is is gonna take off and I'm just really excited to be a part of it and that people sign up and bring their kids down.
0: <laughs> I hope they're paying you good commission. We've got you've got a fair few huddle mentions in here. I think you know all twelve people who listen to our <laughs> podcast will be uh, will be bang, bang up for that. I think.
1: <laughs> oh, it's Just because it, it's just such a good thing to be. But I've I've recently done my beard license through the FAW, and we coach some of the uh, the younger um, regional teams. And they were incredible, and I just thought, "Wow, you, you're this good now." Then I'm hoping that in a few years' time, you'll be taking our shirts because it's good to see the the involvement in the in the younger ones now, and and how well they're doing and the progress. And I like to be part of like the younger development, and I'm I'm down at the regionals, the North regionals now, coaching on a Friday night. Oh nice. I haven't got anything else to do on a Friday night. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> is that uh, yeah it, it's great and I love it and I just want to continue you know supporting the England and hoping that they've got the, as many opportunities as we can get
0: is that is that a road you want to go down uh, when you finish playing football is the coaching route
1: well I'm a qualified PE teacher secondary school um, oh really well, I've always I've always had that to kind of like fall back on but after coaching and do my B licence and stuff I've I really fancy it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've had a bit of a, a change of mindset. I do fancy coaching and eventually managing, so yeah, I think that would be a, a good
0: route to go down. I mean, if you do ever fancy a change of my heart again and want to come back to being a PE teacher, you know, I'm sure I can. I can off the PE teacher in our school, and uh, you know, I'm sure we can. We can have you over in Boston in a
1: heartbeat. <laughs> oh, brilliant! I'd love to be over there. Hey, I had a great time in Boston.
0: Yeah, do you know what I, I like? I, I'm, I'm I don't know how much of this I will edit out, but yeah. I just want to say a massive, <laughs> I want a massive thank you um, for for those who didn't see on Twitter. I contacted Rihanna and, uh, asking about where one of their games was uh, when they were over in Boston because I couldn't find any information out uh, about it, and Rihanna was uh, incredibly kind to get in touch with me and offer to get me tickets and uh, and set me up to go to the game. I had to pretend to be a family member, so I, <laughs> I, I do consider you a half sister, now, Rihanna. And I hope that's alright. <laughs> Um, but um, um, does he
2: but, need to do some editing,
1: Rihanna? Does he? No, I'll just, I'll just, no it's all right. He couldn't come in the end. I know. I was, <laughs>
0: the way it all worked out in the end, I was absolutely gutted because like, I because I couldn't find any information out on the on the game. Um, I was trying to jig things around and everything else. And when he told me, I think it was on the Monday night in the end, it was just when we were on our way back from being away. So I missed out getting back by like an hour or so. I think I would have missed out. So I was gutted, but I just want yeah. to say thank you. Because like, again, talking about the things that people don't necessarily see or recognize or realize and the the impact it has. I can imagine if I had contacted, I was going to say Gareth Bale, that's a terrible example, but if I'd have contacted, you know, one of, one of uh, you know, any of our kind of male representatives, not that they are bad people by any stretch of the imagination, but I never would have got that kind of contact or, um, or that thoughtfulness or consideration. So I just want to say thank you for that. I'm very, very grateful. Oh,
1: thank you
0: very much. Appreciate it. Um, on that very positive note, um, I think I think we are we've we've done all our questions. Well, Rhiannon, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you very much for having me
0: on. Uh, we yep. really really appreciate it, and uh, we will be cheering on as uh, as always against the Pharaohs, against Northern Ireland, and um, hopefully. One day we will actually be able to come and and see you in in person for either Liverpool or Wales, preferably Wales, and it won't all fall through at the last minute. Um, But uh, yeah, fingers crossed and good luck with the new campaign. And um, yeah, we're absolutely, everyone's rooting for you and cannot wait for things to get started.
1: And all our games are being streamed as well from um,
0: BBC, which is quality. Yes, they are. You're doing very well with the plugs today, actually. I I forgot that.
2: Maybe there's a media career as well as a coach.
0: I was going to say, BBC are obviously <laughs> do you know, on the payroll. Do
1: you know what makes me laugh? I stay out of any kind of media stuff ever. <laughs> Honestly, I don't do interviews. I don't do. I don't do any kind of like what they when they go and do the modelling shoots and stuff. I'm like, take my name out of that hat. <laughs> When you're lucky you know <laughs> well
0: we are very very in that case i'm very i'm doubly appreciative in that
1: case
2: <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you very much for having me on though no thank yeah, you coming. we appreciate thank it thank you for fitting us in on what it turns out to be your last evening of freedom before the camp yeah <laughs> i'm heading down tomorrow
1: morning right. yeah. safe <laughs> travels thank you very much <laughs> no
0: thank you for coming on we appreciate it So there you go. That was our interview with Rhiannon Roberts. Thank you very much to her uh, for her time and thank you very much for listening. Um, As she mentioned at the end there, all the games are being streamed by BBC. All the home games are going to be live on BBC2 Wales and all the away games are going to be live streamed and going to be on the radio as well. So please make sure you listen to those games uh, if you can't get down uh, to Rodney Parade for the the game itself. Uh, Again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Thank you for your time and uh, we will see you again soon.